You are listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward featuring Danielle Saronk, episode 82. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and experiences on spirituality, food, health, mindset, and on life in general. My goal is to tell you everything I wish I had known when I decided to take control of my reality and start living the life of my dreams. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the show. I am your host, Casey Edward. Thank you as always for tuning in. Before we get to today's episode, I did just want to give a little shout out to my friend Kate Van Horn, who has been on the show before. Kate actually just released a candle line called The Elements, and she sent me one. And I had to brag for her on the show because it is so wonderful. It is non-toxic. It smells amazing. And they are based on the elements. So I went with earth. And the earth one comes, they all come with affirmations. The earth one came with, I am rooted, I am grounded, I trust. And so it's this beautiful candle. It smells amazing. It comes with affirmations to say as you light it and as it's lit. And I'm just so happy and so grateful that I got to be one of the first people who got to try them out, and I had to let you guys know. So I will go ahead and put the link to Kate's line, The Elements Candles, in the show notes so that you guys can check it out as well. Now, on for today's episode. I am so excited because I had the pleasure of interviewing Danielle of the Squamish Medium. Danielle is a medium, as you could have guessed, and we get into so much fabulous information and so many different topics on the show, including Danielle's story about becoming a medium, what exactly a medium is, and how Danielle believes that we all have the power to be one, the difference between spirit guides and angel guides, how we can start connecting to our guides if we don't already, Danielle's transition from making bank in the corporate world to making more bank through her soul's calling, (laughs) my words, not hers, (laughs) and so much more. It is such a good episode because I have yet to have someone on who really has talked about you know, spirit guides and angel guides. And it's funny because Danielle talks about on the show how she's very scientific. She likes proof of things. She's kind of a skeptic, yet this is her life, right? And it's so fabulous because I know that I am the same way. You guys know if you've listened for a while that I need to have proof of things, yet I use a pendulum to get answers. (laughs) So without further ado, let's get to the episode with Danielle. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the show. I am so excited because today I'm here with Danielle Serenk, otherwise known as the Squamish Medium on Instagram. Danielle and I actually had the pleasure of meeting when I was in Squamish, and it was perfect because I'd been wanting to have her on the show for a while, and then she made some stories on Instagram about wanting to go on a podcast, and it was just a beautiful happening. Danielle is the host of her own show, The Spirit School. She is also a medium, a certified angel guide, an end-of-life doula, and so much more that I'm sure we'll get into. So Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, me too. So diving right in, Danielle, could you just tell us a little bit about your story? Because whenever I find out that someone's a medium and in tune with angels and a guide, it always makes me wonder, how did it come to you? When did it come to you? When did you start realizing that you were in tune with spirit? And when did you start allowing it in? <laughs> Yeah, no worries. Well, I, my story works a little bit backwards because I didn't actually know I was a medium until I was 31 years old and I had my first child and I went through the childbirth experience. And then literally it was an unavoidable path for me. The teacher appeared when she showed me what the abilities actually feel like and, and what you can sense when you're connecting with the world of spirit. It was quite easy for me. And I was in a little bit of disbelief because I said to her, this is my whole life. Like my whole life now makes sense that I know that this is what spirit feels like. And so looking back on my life, I can actually pin my, you know, what I call my first spiritual awakening to when I was seven years old and my guide appeared to me and my grandmother had passed away um, two short years later and she would come visit me, my brother, and my brother could physically see her, whereas I could only sense her and I didn't want to see her. And then moving on later in my life, I was just really intrigued with mediums. You know, I got, when my grandmother passed, I got the book um, Talking to Heaven by James Van Prague when I was nine years old. And then Sylvia Brown was on Montel and I used to record it every week. And then John Edwards had his show. And I remember even at 16 years old spending, you know, $250 to go see Sylvia Brown live. So what I find is even though I didn't know I was a medium until I was 31 years old, I did feel that I was being called by spirit to be curious about the path quite young. Mm, I love that. And just to clarify for anyone who's listening who kind of understands what a medium is but isn't sure, can you give us a little definition of what a medium is exactly? Uh, yeah, a medium is just somebody who's able to connect with departed loved ones who've gone home. Like that's what I call it. When they pass and, you know, they cross the threshold, they go home. I do believe that everybody can, can connect mediumistically. I don't think that you need to go to a medium to connect with your loved ones, but you're able to go to somebody who's developed their senses so that they're able to receive information that gives you validation that life continues and that you are not crazy and that you are receiving signs from them. So a lot of the time in a mediumship reading, I'm not telling people what they don't know. I'm just validating things that they are experiencing in that they know for themselves. So I don't think like a medium is somebody who's like, you know, handpicked or is the only one who's able to communicate with spirit. I truly believe with an open heart, open mind, absolutely everyone can connect in this way. I love that. So you at a young age started getting into these things. You're seeing Sylvia Brown and watching John Edwards. I remember him so well. I forgot about him and I watched him too. But you said that it, did, it took until you had your first child at 31 to really accept that this was a part of you. So what happened in those years in between being really interested in it? Did you go into a different career? And could you feel spirit kind of knocking the whole time? Like, hi, I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I went through a lot. Um, you will rarely meet a medium who's a working professional medium who hasn't been through addiction, abuse, divorce. Um, we have very colorful lives as mediums because the world of spirit calls upon our references. So one of the, you know, one of the prerequisites to be a professional medium is to have a well-lived life um, because we need to be open to a whole bunch of experiences that spirit may bring through to us. So I did go through uh, a bit of abuse when I was younger. And when my abuser died, when I was 17, that was another spiritual awakening that I'd had. 
Um, I was starting to take a really dark path because of that abuse. And once they died, I started getting really curious about what happens to people, especially bad people when they die. And so then I started getting really curious about the world of spirit, rereading all of Sylvia Brown's 42 books. I joined a paranormal investigation group for three years. I used to travel the world to go to some of the most haunted locations. I just became really obsessed with um, what happens to people when they go. I never thought I could do it myself. Even in the paranormal investigation group, I was following the medium, documenting things that they were saying that could be validated later on. So I do feel that even though I was dipping into some of the more darker sides of life when it came to like some addiction issues, some codependency issues, definitely some worthiness issues, um, which will continue for many of us throughout our lifetimes, um, I was experiencing a lot. And so I never thought angels would speak to me. I never thought that the world of spirit would work through me because I never thought of myself as being pure enough. Um, I also went through a divorce. I eloped with a complete stranger when I was 18. Really bad idea. (laughs) That was another abusive pattern I found myself in. And, you know, I, I was a little bit homeless after that divorce for a little bit of time. I mean, I just went through a lot. I went through a lot. I experienced a lot. I overcame a lot. But one thing that always kept me connected was knowing and feeling like I had spirit around me. Like just, oh, sorry. Just knowing at seven years old, I had a spirit guide. I never felt alone. And I've talked to them my whole life. And even though I didn't think I was receiving their messages back, I just never felt alone. And so there was a lot that happened within that time. And then I finally met my partner. I I shed some of my old patterns um, with bad relationships and with dependency and and some addiction stuff. Um, I met my partner who's like my now husband for 13 years and we had two beautiful children and started this really beautiful life. And then it was like, almost like my spirit felt safe. It was like, okay, you're safe. Now let's explore this. Um, so a lot happened in that time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All in the name of being a medium. Take a look, <laughs> everyone listening, do some cool stuff, do some maybe not cool, so cool stuff. So when you were going through all of this, all of these, you know, different forms of abuse and all these different experiences, whether for the best or for the worst, did you inherently know it's all, did you know, like I should be going through this to have this experience? Did you have that knowing somewhere inside of you or do you know that now? I don't know if I can recall that knowing, but I always, this is kind of weird. I never fell into like this victim place. I never went down the rabbit hole that I was a victim. I was always very aware that a lot of people had it worse than me. Um, But the truth is, it was a long healing journey for me. It was 20 years of healing um, from my my abuse I experienced when I was younger. And in truth, I'm still healing today. So I never felt back then in the awareness like, oh, this is a big teaching moment for me. But I will say, and I see it with clients now, and I never say to people like everything happens for a reason. I think that's such like a a light washing statement that's like not helpful. But sometimes what spirit does show me is like, this will all make sense one day, Mm -hmm. like why you encountered this. It will make sense one day. And so now I'm able to communicate with spirits in the past who have done the same things that my abuser did. And I'm able to bring some sort of recognition reconciliation around that with a sitter if they're open to receiving it right so I need to have had that experience to be able to pick up the energy 
um, or else I wouldn't be able to pick it up. So I also pick up a lot of people who had addictions past rounds backgrounds because that's a big part of my life story. Um, and that brings like a lot of healing to, you know, maybe some mothers who have lost their children to addictions. And so I feel like everything that I experienced when I was younger, um, I'm able to actually bring through now for other people in a very healing way, which also brings me healing at the same time. Totally. And it's one of those things where whether or not someone listening, even like say someone's listening and they're like, well, you know, maybe this will all make sense to me one day. Even if you don't truly believe it, it makes you feel a little bit better, right? Like if we've all had times where we're kind of like, why is this happening to me? Right? Like what is going on? What is, what is the message in this? And so just knowing, or even at least considering maybe this is for a greater reason is such a nice feeling. Like maybe I am supported and this is for a bigger cause. And that leads me into wondering, so I, until I came to visit all of you fabulous ladies in Canada, I had never even been open to the idea or the notion or the consciousness of spirit guides. So I thought that there was God, source, universe, something that is all encompassing, but I didn't really understand spirit guides. And now I pull cards and I talk to my spirit guides and I use pendulums. But can you tell us a little bit about the difference between spirit and spirit guides? Yeah, well, spirit to me, we're all spirit. Like I'm a spirit, you're a spirit, angels are spirits. Like spirit to me is like the all-encompassing word that talks about, you know, universal consciousness, whatever we want to call it. I call it spirit. Um, and so that's my definition around that. When I talk about spirit guides, the way that spirit has revealed it to me is that we have many guides in our lives, but we typically have one that I consider to be your best friend on the other side. And you trade roles on being each other's guides through our incarnations. I'm still working on the philosophy. I don't truly believe that we've ever carnated together. I don't think that my guide was ever my mother, for instance, because they have to be completely neutral. They have to be completely detached from, you know, wanting the best for us. Like our grandmothers can't really be our, our spirit guides because of course they want the best outcome for us where our spirit guides will come in with the chart in their hand and just say, no, she needs to go through this. This is something that she signed up for. This is something that she wanted for herself. So grandma stand back, right? <laughs> so I, I feel like that's the role that our spirit guides play because they're invested in what we wanted coming into this life and they help us honor that. So they'll let us go off track. They're not here to rescue us in any way, but they'll, they'll try to encourage us through signs, through symbols, through synchronicities to bring us back onto path. Right. So, you know, even though I went through like my addictions, I was falling pretty hard into addictions when I was 19 because of, you know, the, the experience that I'd had for the pre 10 previous years. And this is a crazy experience that I've never even shared on my podcast, but I was coming down off like a party night and on my book, there was a book on my coffee table when I came out and I never let anyone in my house. I did live with a, a boyfriend who was very abusive, but there was a book by Sylvia Brown called the other side and back. And I read that entire book that day, that entire day. And it was so eye opening for me. I never touched a drug again. It put me back on path. So do I believe that my guide made it happen? So that book appeared to me? Yes. I, I believe that that's the role that they played for me in that moment. 
just saying, okay, you're starting to slip a little too far off the path. I want you to have beautiful experiences, but I also want you to stay on track because you got a lot of work to do, girl. Right. And so I do feel that that's something that they brought me. Um, so spirit guides, I think, again, they communicate with us much through our own thoughts and our own heads, which is called Claire audience. And we sometimes we think that we're just talking to ourselves, but they work a lot through telepathic ability. So the way that our guides will talk to us is always empowering. It's always forward moving. It's always reassuring. And when our egos are talking to us, it's always full of fear. It's always full of doubt. Um, and so a lot of us are connected to our guides in ways that we don't even understand because we still need to kind of uncover our own language of spirit, right? Which is through those clairs. Yes. But I don't think there's much more beautiful than the relationship you could have with your guide um, here in, in the physical, just knowing that they're there and that you're protected and that there's somebody on the spirit side of life invested in your best outcome, right? Absolutely. That's, that's an amazing feeling. I mean, I have been feeling it recently and I had, like I said, I had never really been open to it. I, it wasn't even on my radar, maybe because it wasn't time yet. But when once you do feel it, it really is nice because it's kind of like, okay, am I, is this good? Like, am I going the right way? And you can just feel the support. So for anyone who wants to kind of start to tune in, so say, you know, someone is like, oh, this sounds intriguing, but I have no idea. How can I start tuning into my spirit guides? How can someone start to open the door and connect with their spirit guide? Well, two things, one more intentional and one just more passive. Passively, you can just start talking to the air. Like literally you're driving in the car, start talking out loud to your guides, what your fears are, what your anxieties are. Tell them that you're looking for inspiration on something. I'm really struggling in this area. Is there any inspirations you can offer me? Um, and just start talking out loud to kind of like build that bond. And then more intentionally, visualization I think is a huge technique. I don't really want to call it meditation because I don't think it's the same energy, but I'll literally just go to a garden, put a park bench there. I'll make the place come alive. I look at the flowers. I pick up a scent. I feel the breeze, the vibrancy in the colors. Maybe there's water. And then I'll ask my guide to come sit on the bench next to me. And then for years I worked on a physical sign with my guide because believe it or not, I'm a very big skeptic of a lot of this stuff and I'm a little bit of a prove it kind of person. So I do believe that you'll see it when you believe it. And so I would ask my guide continually for years, can you give me a physical sign that you're here with me? And I would get a physical sign and I've tested it year after year and it's still my sign that my guide Skylar is around me. So I would start doing that, appear on the bench, feel the energy shift within your heart because a lot of our spiritual connection is through the heart space and through the heart center. You might actually feel anxiety. A lot of people who are insensitive to energy have a lot of anxiety because that's what you feel like when spirit comes near. Your heart palpitates. You feel a little bit butterfly in the stomach, like a little bit barfy. Um, you might get all the blood pressure going to your head. It's a very physical experience when you connect with spirit. So just like relaxing around that and then continuing to ask questions, continuing to ask signs from them. And then just, you know, I've, I've been very lucky in my life that I've always had a positive bias. I think it's my Sagittarius moon. And so I just find by assuming that they're there with you, more magic will happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So just like assume that they're sitting there with you, even if you can't physically seal them, pay attention to how you feel, pay attention to the loving thoughts and that your heart feels a little bit more cracked open in that moment. Uh, but now I have a relationship with my guide where again, much of our communication is through telepathic ability, just through thoughts in my head. 
That's so cool. When you would picture the bench, did you create or receive a, an image of your guide? Yeah. So I always joke that I'm the only First Nations person without a First Nations guide. Like my guide appears to me looking like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. Not so Not too bad. But I, I see him being a bit taller. Um, but you have to understand, when I was a child, I thought my guide was a female. Um, even though it's kind of interesting. So my guide first appeared to me physically as a little boy. He came up to me in a swimming pool and he said to me, my name's Skylar. And I just like became overwhelmed with emotion. And I said, I have a guide named Skylar. And that was it. That was the moment. It was such a powerful moment in my life when I was seven years old. And then he didn't appear to me again until I was 31. But going through my life, knowing about spirit guides, because I was a girl, I always assumed my spirit guide was girl. And then when I kept getting him to appear to me, he appeared very tall. Um, you know, like people always want to give their guides personalities, but I think that our guides appear to us in a way that's comforting to us. Mm -hmm. Right. So, because I truly believe that when we're on the other side, we're light like that's what spirit shown me is like, we're not like a female or male. We're literally light and we're a light. That's part of a bigger light, but our light shines a little bit differently. Yeah. And that's, that's how we recognize each other. Interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting because recently I had a medium who follows me. So I was meditating and I was asking my spirit guides to come in and someone literally slid into my DMS and was like, hi, um, I think I have your spirit guides with me. Have you been oh. <laughs> yeah so she did a reading for me and she was like your higher self is very masculine like if not male and I was like oh that's so interesting like I wasn't confused or bothered by it at all but so then I went into like a meditation and I had my pendulum and I was asking kind of just questions about like is my higher self a male and I kind of got like a yes and a no and then I was like oh is my higher self not, not a human. Like it doesn't have a gender. And it was like, yes, like correct. And I was like, Oh, so interesting. So that actually leads me to my next question. And I don't know if, if you'll know the answer to this, but our spirit guides. So for example, Skylar, has he been a human in this life? Are they more often than not humans who have already transitioned and then are leading the way for you? Is that how this works? I think to be a spirit guide, one of my philosophies around this is that you had to have lived a human experience. Unlike angels, angels haven't lived a human experience. So they don't get, they don't understand really what we experience down here. They offer a different type of healing. Whereas our spirit guide who's helping us knows and empathizes and, and has a lot of compassion for us in the sense where like, oh, she just lost her loved one. Like I've been there. I know what that feels like. So they're able to help us in that very specific way. So I think one of the things that you need to have as a spirit guide is a life experience. And like I say, I feel with our guides, our main guides in particular, we trade this role time and time again, because of course we always come back, right? Yeah. We're, we're thirsty for knowledge. We're thirsty for evolvement. And I've seen too, and I, you know, I don't know hundred percent where my philosophy around, uh, lands around this, but spirit has shown me in a few readings that we don't only incarnate here. We incarnate in other experiences too, other planets, other species. Um, and like that's going a bit out there, but I've seen that being revealed to me too. And the other thing about spirit guides too, is like, we have one main guide, but we also have spirit guides that we can call in for different subject matter expertise. So when I'm teaching, I ask for Skylar to align a good teaching guide with me. 
right? Or if I'm doing like, um, you know, writing, I'm like, can you bring me some writer guide um, energy or even financial guides? Like, can you bring me someone who has like a lot of experience with like good finances because I need to kind of work on this in the next phase of my life. This is a focus for me. And so sometimes we will have multiple guides around us. Um, joy guides too and joy angels. I've seen, you know, a lot of us need to lighten the fuck up, right? Like, and so yeah. I'll actually call spirit to bring me a joy guide or joy angel. Like, I think I'm taking this a little bit too seriously and it's taking the fun out of it. And so can you bring me a joy angel or joy guide? And then they'll help inspire you on how to bring joy into your life so that more magic comes because magic comes in that state of happiness and joy, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. That makes so much sense. And it's actually pretty relevant to a podcast I was listening to recently where basically this woman was talking to another woman who was channeling this, this collective of entities. And they were basically saying, you have access to all consciousness that has already been. So all of these experiences, you have access to that if you want to dip into it. So that makes so much sense to what you're saying. Now, you talked about how when you were 31 and you had your daughter, that was kind of the next pivotal moment for you. And you also just said that Skylar appeared next when you were 31. So can you tell us a little bit about that big milestone for you when all of this started to happen when you were 31? Yeah. Again, it was synchronicity. Um, I have a lot of synchronicity in my life. And so what happened was I had a very traumatic, um, time trying to have my child. We tried for four years and, you know, many losses. And when I got pregnant with KJ, I never believed I was coming home with a baby. So I had a very painful pregnancy because emotionally I was just preparing for the shoe to drop. Right. And then I went through a very traumatic birth experience with her. And on the other side of it, I was pretty traumatized. I was, um, I was still not sure how to be a mom. It was a big struggle for me in a lot of ways. And I was blessed with an experience where, um, you know, I kind of forgot for the past few years about my spiritual curiosities. Cause, um, you asked what I did before, but I always worked with race cars. I was in the motorsports industry, my whole adult life up until I went into indigenous health and healing when I was 27. So I spent 17 to 27 in the race car industry. So I was fully in my masculine, never worked with other women, wasn't incredibly spiritually curious. I was definitely up and up on ghosts, but that's about it. Right. And then after I had KJ, it's like something happened where I flipped on my femininity and I became one with my feminine side and I became gentler and softer and more curious. And after that real troubling birth experience that I had with her, and then one day she was about three months old and I have no idea. And I'm saying that with hundred percent honesty, how I ended up with a ticket to see a medium here in Squamish do a demonstration, which is what John Edwards did on his TV show. And I hadn't seen that since I was like, you know, 19 and he had his TV show, um, crossing over. And so I went to this demonstration with this other medium and I was the first one to get read and my jaw was dropped the whole time. I was like, holy cow, this is, you know, something like I've been so curious about my whole life. So I ended up booking a private reading with her a couple weeks later and she was the only medium who ever brought up my past abuse right? And no other medium have ever picked up on that. And I had had quite a few readings before. And she also picked up on all my losses. And so I believed really strongly in her message. And then she said to me, do you know, you can do this work too. And I said to her, no, like, you know, I've done drugs, like I've been, 
like a badass in half of my life. There's no way angels are going to talk to me. Right? And that was my true belief. I, I did not believe I was worthy of this path. So I never considered it. And she just laughed at me and she said, okay, like that's every medium story. Like that's a calling card that mediumship is speaking to you. So she just said, come to my class and just see what happens. But I was still hesitant. I didn't sign up for her mediumship class. I signed up for her spiritual development class. And she was like, oh, sign up for my mediumship. Trust me. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a medium. So anyways, the first class, she almost canceled it because no one could come. And I said, well, I'm already halfway there. I used to travel 400 kilometers around trip to, you know, go to this class. And so me and one other woman showed up and she said, okay, let's just try something. And she just got me to close my eyes. And she just said, tell me what you see. And I picked up this mail and I picked up his name and the mom totally freaked out. And it was like my first mediumship experience and it happened really easily. And she had just lost her son eight months before. And I said his name and when she gasped and she clung to me and I could see the desperation in her eyes, I got really scared. Mm -hmm. um, I got really scared because I, I realized at that very moment at my first connection, mediumistically, the, the responsibility we have as a reader, I felt that responsibility in, in a whole minute. Right. And I got scared and I disconnected. And then I ended up studying under this teacher for three years and I did not offer any readings until I'm, I'm just a Virgo son. So I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but I wanted to make sure I knew what this language of spirit was. I wanted to prove to myself that I had a gift before I was willing to offer it to the world. And so I did 150 practice readings for over three years before I opened up my doors to Squamish Medium um, to do this work. And it was because of that humbling moment where I realized people's hearts were on the line here. This isn't a joke. This isn't a parlor trick. And so I took my development very seriously and I still do today. I still develop. I'll be developing my whole life. So that was kind of like the journey between like childbirth. And then over the course of four months, I realized the mediumistic ability that I did have and actually how natural it was for me. Yeah. That is powerful. Wow. And so after all of this, and I know already, and for anyone listening, Danielle just went full-time, correct, with Squamish Medium? One month ago. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so seven years in. Oh, that is so wonderful. Congratulations, first and foremost. Now, seven years in, you said, to Squamish Medium? Yeah, I'll be seven years in. Well, development from development to today, it's been seven years, yeah. Okay. So was there plenty of times where you felt like it was the time to go full-time and you didn't? Or did you think that right when you went full-time, it was the perfect time? Because anyone listening, a lot of people listening are women, predominantly women, and also people who are in the space of, okay, well, I would love to go full-time with what I feel like I'm meant to do, but how do I know when the time is right? Is this right? Should I do this? Can you tell us a little bit about those decisions? I hope you have a bit of time. I'll try to make this timeline as quick as possible. But I had my daughter in 2013, right? So seven years ago. And we get a year maternity leave paid in, in Canada. So I had my year to like start my meditation practice, to develop like my whole year of maternity leave was completely focused and consumed with one, figuring out how to be a mom, but two, about my ability. So I'm glad I had that space and time. And then when I went back to work, I just knew I wouldn't be there forever. But what happened was in the corporate world, because I transitioned out of the motorsports industry into indigenous health and healing. So, so first nations healthcare, um, which I'm also very passionate about because my grandmother was a residential school survivor. Um, 
and had a lot of health impacts because of that experience. Mm -hmm. And so I was very passionate about it, but I knew I didn't want to stay there. And I remember saying back in 2014, when I went back, like, I don't want to earn any more money. I don't want to get stuck here. Right. But what happened? I kept getting promoted. Right. I was the 30th person there and there ended up being a thousand by the time I left. And so I literally went from like, you know, making nothing to like six figures, like really quick. And I kept getting like promoted, even though I didn't want to be promoted because I didn't want the golden handcuffs. And then I ended up having another pregnancy and another year off. And that's when I actually launched Squamish Medium. I opened up the doors and launched a website. And through that another year of maternity leave, I really grew my practice to like, you know, I was booking a year and a half out at one point. It was insane. And like so many people wanted to work with me. And so I knew a long time ago that this would be my path and that I was interested in doing this work. But the more that I kept getting, I kept getting bigger and fancier homes. And then like the life came about. And then I started becoming more fearful because I had so much money and so much abundance. I'm like, how can I let this go when there's so much uncertainty on the other side of this? So then for the, since 2000 and, um, 17, when I went back to work, I became really unsatisfied in my workplace. And so I kept switching jobs and taking promotions, hoping that the next thing would make me feel fulfilled. And I ended up in a very toxic work environment in 2018 and under a very toxic woman. And I ended up in hospital with an anxiety attack. I'd never had one before. And I was on a heart monitor for three months. I couldn't do any readings. I couldn't work. And it was kind of my wake up call that, you know what, Danielle, this, this corporate life is not serving you in any way. Meaning, and meanwhile, your spirit work is completely fulfilling for you. Like nothing brings you more joy than this work. So what are you doing here? So really in the end of 2018 is when I felt like, okay, you got to leave. Right. So I went back to work in early 2019 and actually quit twice. I resigned twice, but they kept coming after me. They kept offering me all this stuff. And then they offered me part-time and full-time pay. And, you know, you'll work from home and who do you want to work for? What projects do you want to work on? And so I kept feeling like the golden handcuffs were there, but I was so unhappy. And they gave me my dream job, working under my dream person, my dream schedule, all the flexibility in the world to do my mediumship practice and have my kids. But I was still feeling empty. And when I was feeling empty, I was doing harmful harmful things. I was overspending. I was overeating. I was trying to overcompensate because I felt so unsatisfied and just like so empty. Like I wasn't following my heart's desires. And then finally I just put my lady balls on (laughs) and and said, you know what? Like I'm chasing joy because clearly I have all the money I, I never thought I would have in my life and I'm still not happy. So money's not the answer. Like it's not money that I'm after. So I just kind of, you know, got my husband on board who doesn't believe in mediumship by the way, but he believes in me, thank God. Um, and he finally said to me, you know, Danielle, like, let's just give this a go. You're 37. You're so young. You probably have, he's 11 years older than me. So that's why he said that he's like, but you know, you'll probably have like two or three more careers before you're done. So like, just go for it. Mm -hmm. And so with his encouragement, I resigned for my last time. I put it out there and I ended up making like doubling my income in my first month, um, doing this full time. And one of my biggest fears was that I wouldn't be able to sustain my lifestyle, um, or the house that we have or the activities that we're able to put my kids in. But the truth of the matter is the currency that I value the most is time. 
because we can't manifest more time and my kids are so young and I'm missing out on a lot of their lives. So the way that I structured my business is I'm only working two or three hours a day, three days a week. And I was still able to maintain the pay that I left because I just knew I could. There was like a knowing inside where I reached a point of enough and I'm chasing my dreams and whatever happens, happens. And so I just took the plunge and it's worked out beautifully so far. And I'm very excited that I did it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Good for you. And thank you so much for sharing that because that is so inspiring and empowering because money, it is always the thing, right? That is keeping us in these jobs or, or not even money, I guess, but the promise of happiness from an external thing. So maybe it's the money. Someone doesn't want to leave the job because of the money. I used to have eating disorders in the promise that when I reached a certain weight, happiness would be there. Someone might be in a relationship with a toxic person, but they want to stay because being in a relationship is right. Like that's going to be the happiness. But well, like you said, it's in the heart. And when you can tune into that and then just take the leap of faith, the money will come because you're resonating at the same frequency as the money, right? Yeah. It was insane. Once I opened up my doors and I said, I'm doing this full time, I had 12 people sign up for my mentorship package in one day yes. and like painful, like these are not monthly payments. These are like, and I didn't even advertise it. It's like spirit. I felt so rewarded in that moment for leaning into the fear and just doing it anyways. And spirit was like, see, you'll be fine. But we couldn't have given you those certainties in advance, right? Life is not about certainties. There's no guarantees, but here's your little reward for doing it anyways. Yes. And the truth is that the two months before I took the leap, my, my, um, business a little bit dried up. Like my one-on-one stopped coming in mm-hmm. and I was scared to do group work. I was, cause I have stage fright when I talk in front of large audiences, but I wanted to do what John Edwards does. I wanted like talk in front of groups do mediumship in front of groups. And so the two months before I actually resigned, I think I only got like two one-on-one bookings and I usually get multiple, like five a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like telling spirit, I'm like, I know this is a test. I'm doing it anyways. Like you're not scaring me. I'm still making the leap. And then a week before I resigned, I opened up my first demonstration of mediumship. So a group reading like John Edwards does, and it sold out in one day. (laughs) So I feel like spirit was really making me uncomfortable with what I was comfortable with to push me to open up to other potentials and possibilities. Yeah. Yep. I could not agree more because for a really long time when I suffered from anxiety, I just didn't really understand quite what it was. And I think that part of it for me was health, physical, my physical body, my health, but also a big portion of it was I needed to experience anxiety in the jobs and situations that weren't serving me or else if I wasn't uncomfortable, I would have just stayed there forever. (laughs) Like it would have been so easy to just keep going about my life and doing the same things over and over. But because it was uncomfortable, I was like, okay, so where should I go from here? And now, I mean, of course, hindsight is everything because at the time I was like, I definitely fell into the victim uh, mindset. You know, woe is me. I have anxiety. I grew up with not enough of this and too much of this and yada, yada, yada. And looking back, it was just signs. It was just, hi, like you're, you're fine where you are, but what if we rerouted? What would that be like? So Yeah. Yeah. That is all wonderful. Now we've talked a lot about mediumship and spirit guides, and you alluded to the fact that angels are a little bit different than spirits. And I saw that you're a certified angel guide. Could you tell us a little bit about that, what that entails being a certified angel guide? Yeah. So going 
I should tell you how I first came into angels because I grew up without any kind of religion or background. Angels was not in my awareness at all. But when I set up a um, camera in my daughter's room, as parents nowadays do, (laughs) I have YouTube videos I'll send you of the insane amount of lights that I was able to capture that surrounded my daughter. And for some reason, I knew that they were angel energy. And then I kept waking up. She kept waking up every morning at 4.44. I would like every single night. And then months later, I would finally look it up. I'm like, what is 4.44? Because it kept coming up in my awareness everywhere. Like my bill totals, um, signs on the road that I would pass every single day for like, you know, nine years, I would notice a 4.44. I'm like, this is insane. And so when I finally looked it up, it was definitely like angels trying to get your attention. So I was like, okay, so angels. So I started getting a little bit curious around angels. And then once my daughter started talking, she kept talking about blue angels. Like even at her daycare, her daycare would call me saying, okay, your daughter keeps talking about blue angel. I'm really freaked out. Nobody knew I was a medium. I was completely in the closet. You would have had to have heard about me to get a reading with me. I did not advertise or anything like that. So I was like very much in the closet. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why she keeps talking about angels. But all I knew about angels back then was to reinforce you and I didn't resonate with her at all um and so like I didn't um want to study anything under her I did pick up one of her decks and it didn't resonate with me at all and it was very woo woo and a bit fluffy Mm -hmm. and then I discovered Kyle Gray who is this gorgeous Glaswegian Scottish 30 year old covered in tattoos swears like a trucker guy who like writes about angels and he's been doing angel work since he was 14 So I started studying under him and I've been studying under him for four years and I highly recommend anyone who's curious about angels to hear his messages on them. And so I did his angel card studies that have all his decks. And then I ended up doing his certified angel guide program, which was an online program. But because I did all his studies, he actually has me listed as a certified practitioner on his website. I'm one of the few in the world that have um, reached that level of work with him. And so I really discovered a lot of what I know about the angels through his philosophies. And I've received a few miracles myself. And one of the early philosophies that I learned was angels won't just swoop in and rescue you. They are the only beings on the other side who can intervene on your path. Guides can't intervene on your path, but you have to ask for permission for the most part. You do hear experiences of people like in car accidents who were rescued, who obviously didn't, who should not have survived. And I believe very much so that it's angel intervention that helps these people survive incidents like that without being asked. So one night I was, um, freaking out because I was like a new mom. My daughter was like eight months old. I had just kind of discovered angel energy and I was, she had a black mass on her mouth. And I said, okay, angels, like, I feel like the worst mom in the world. I don't know what this black mass is. And this is exactly how I talk to spirit, by the way, is how I'm telling you right now. (laughs) There's nothing ceremonial about it. It's literally like, okay, guys, I don't know what to do. I heard you guys offer miracles. I need this gone. I can't get into a dentist for two days. Mm. I don't know what this is. And so anyways, I put her down for a nap. And when I woke up, it was gone. This like black mass on her mouth was like completely gone. Mm. And that was my first kind of experience of calling out to an angel and asking for help and then actually receiving it. And so I literally just started developing my awareness around them and, and meditating on angelic energy because angel energy is very intense 
Like it was so intense for me at the first few times. Like I couldn't even maintain that vibration. It was, um, it was such a slow progress to meet the vibration of the angels and then coming down. It was like a rude awakening, (laughs) you know, like I, I literally feel like I touch heaven when I connect with angel energy. So I don't actually advertise that I offer angel sessions because I feel like they come through for people who really need it the most. Mm -hmm. And the way that the angels guide me to work through them is through healing. And I don't advertise myself as a healer, but spirit will show me sometimes very once in a while when I'm working with somebody one-on-one physically here in Squamish that I need to place my hands on them and let the angels kind of bring through their energy. And a lot of the healing that they offer is through emotional sources. So a lot of people suffer with anxiety or medical issues that they can't seem to resolve that actually stem from traumatic roots. And so spirit, and sometimes it's past life stuff too. And so sometimes the angels will just get me to put their hands on them, relay some messages and be that 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 medium for them um, just to offer that channeled healing Um, nothing blisses me out like angel energy and to me it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced in my life yeah I can only imagine because so I actually so Kyle Gray's deck was the first deck that I had ever come into contact with Megan had them and so I was kind of like, <laughs> when I went to Canada, I, you know, you think you're spiritual until you meet spiritual people is what I yeah. recognize. So y'all were talking about past lives and spirits and I'm like, oh, I meditate a lot, but like, I don't know any of this stuff. So Megan had this Kyle Gray deck and now I work with one and it's funny because you kind of like, it's, it's so interesting. Like one day I was meditating and I had the cards out and I'd already picked mine. So I was kind of like tuning into what it meant for me. And then I felt something and I was like, oh, there's someone else here. And then I picked a card and like, long story short, it was just like a card of an archangel and all of these things that like came to me that I needed to do. And it's funny because like you said, like I never thought that I would be in tune with angels, but now like I'll get like, I don't think I've ever really experienced like that high vibration fully, but like when I'm meditating, I'll get a chill, like a, a, a chill, like not I'm, a, I'm, I'm cold chill, but like a, ooh, someone's here with me. Um, and it's just so interesting because just why not open yourself up to, can I have some support with this? Can I have some answers on this? Right. And it's like, when the medium I was just talking about came through via Instagram for me, she said that your angels are on the other side of the door, but you have not opened them. So you're like chilling in this closet of your past. And meanwhile, everything you've asked for and all of the help and all of the angel guides are on this other side of the door. Like just walk through it, like tell them I am opening the door and I'm allowing you in. And I was like, okay. And it took me a while to, to open the door, but that's, well, can I tell you something a bit creepy? Yeah. Um, because I was just going to offer you, I work with a lot of teenagers in town. I get a lot of calls from parents who think that their kids are possessed or, you know, there's bad spirits clinging to them. And what I always take youth through, and I only work with youth that are aged um, 11 to 19. Um, and, you know, I charge a special rate for them, like really low. So it's like super accessible to them and I don't advertise it. But what I do is I take the youth through connecting with angels because, when you connect with that angel energy, you you fear nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I actually recorded last night a guided meditation for my youth clients that you literally walk over the threshold of the doorway. Wow. And so like you even saying that, I'm like, I have to send you this meditation so that you can experience um, where I take my clients through to that angelic realm. 
So I'll send that to you after we're done recording, if you like. Yes. Oh, I would love that. (laughs) I would absolutely love that because I do the work and I, it's, it's so, you know, it's funny because then when you allow in the support and when you step into, you know, through the threshold or you open that door, something changes so esoterically for lack of a better word. Like I just don't feel anxious anymore. And the fact that I can say those words is something that I never thought would ever be possible. Like Lindsay, my girlfriend is kind of like, whoa, (laughs) who are you? (laughs) Like what's, what's going on? So for us to like allow it, and I'm sure, you know, there are ebbs and flows of life and there will be challenges and things, but it's just like this whole new way of being. So that is so cool. I actually haven't seen Kyle Gray in real life since like his younger photos. So I'm going to have to creep him on Instagram because he sounds fabulous. <laughs> Sexy Glaswegian. And you know, my, my heritage is First Nations and Glaswegian. So I totally connected with him right away. And I swear, right? Like I, much like you, I compared to a lot of other people here, I don't feel that spiritual, but I think again, we compare ourselves because of Instagram, because like some people are more woo than us, but the truth is we offer completely different things in completely different ways. And different people are attracted to us because of how we are. Right. Yes. (laughs) No worse or better or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. Absolutely. Yes. I could not agree more. So I know we're starting to get on up on time, but before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast, Danielle, how it came to be and how, I know it's not in person that you're speaking to a lot of people, but when we podcast, we're speaking to a lot of people. So how did you get past the fear of speaking enough to start your own podcast? Yeah, this was a really hard journey for me and one of the most rewarding because um, I suffer with stage fright and I have actually like blacked out, not to the point where I fall over, but like I totally black out. I forget where I am, who I am, what I'm talking about. And this all started seven years ago when I first became a medium. And it's a very vulnerable thing offering something that's spiritual, right? If you put yourself out there very vulnerably. Now, when I was developing, I had a hard time with some of my mentors because my mentors weren't talking about things I was experiencing. They weren't talking about the not feeling good enough. They weren't talking about sometimes spirit, it's a struggle to connect with them. And sometimes it's easier than other times. Sometimes as mediums, we go through things like the evidence we're bringing isn't strong enough or valid enough, or I missed this and I didn't get this and I shouldn't be doing this work because of that. I rarely found a teacher who would be vulnerable enough to talk about the not so pretty side of mediumship. And it was because they didn't want to appear to be less connected, right? There was a risk there. If I tell you about my insecurities, you're not going to want to work with me. And so I would get really annoyed. And so I documented my development journey every second of it for the first three years on an online blog, which I've never shared, but I based my podcast spirit school off that blog. I, I, all the insecurities that I felt in those first few years of development. So my podcast spirit school is about the vulnerability between the spiritual intuitive and mediumship development journey. All the things that can come up that make us feel less than thou, or that we're not connected or disconnected or we're being punished for some reason. And so I find by sharing my stories in a very vulnerable way, people resonate with it. They have experiences that are similar and then they feel more normal. And then they feel like, well, if Danielle is where she is today, but she still experienced this, then it's all good. Right. And I, I was criticized very heavily when I first launched it 
it by one of my mentors who said, stop being so vulnerable. People aren't going to want to work with you. And I was really turned off by that because I was like, no, then the right people are going to want to work with me. And so I would say about 90% of my business now is actually mentoring other up and coming intuitives. Like this week I have no readings. It's literally all mentorship clients. And they come from my podcast because they, they want to work with somebody who's overcome what they're experiencing. They're not looking for that guru. I think we're moving past the, the phase of our spirituality, spiritual awakening as a collective that we're not looking for the guru. We're literally looking to do the work now. So my podcast talks about all the good, bad, and ugly of mediumship and of the spiritual development journey. I, that is so wonderful. And it's so true. You know, the vulnerability is what pulls people in because for me, when I want to relate to someone, it's so much easier to relate to someone's insecurity because when you look at someone who is portraying perfection, there's nothing to feel connected to, right? It's kind of like, oh, that's not even in my realm. Like there's, how am I supposed to connect to that or be called to that? So I will of course have the spirit school, uh, link in the show notes so that everyone can check it out if you have not already. And before we get to the quote and start wrapping up, Danielle, why don't you tell us um, where else everyone can find you and how they can work with you right now if they're looking to work with you, what you're offering. If any. Yeah, I mostly hang out on Instagram. So I'm Squamish Medium on Instagram, um, squamishmedium.com as well. Um, I do mentorship packages for people who are, you know, looking to uncover their own spiritual gifts and what they have to bring to the world in which we all have them. I also do business mentorship um, from for spiritual entrepreneurs who are looking to build their practice in an authentic way. I do readings one-on-one through Zoom or in person in Squamish. Um, and I start started doing monthly demonstrations of mediumship and Squamish, and I will start doing them online as well within the next couple months. Um, my podcast, Spirit School, which I do monthly energies on, and just different topics that people ask me about when it comes to the you know development journey as well. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of it right now. That's, uh, that's me, and that, that takes up my time <laughs> in a very fun and enjoyable well, way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I will have that in the show notes for everyone as well, because I'm sure everyone listening is now like, yes, let <laughs> me get in on this. <laughs> so, Danielle, something that I like to ask everyone who comes on the show at the end is if they have a quote for us that they would like to leave the show off on. So do you have a favorite quote or a quote that really resonates with you that you would like to leave our listeners off with today? Yeah. Um, you know, the quote that really changed my life this past year was expectations are the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And I really had to learn that much of the suffering that I was experiencing in my life was because of unmet expectations and how expectations play a role in our lives. We're not meeting our own expectations. We're disappointed in other people because they're not meeting our expectations. So I love that quote because we need to be mindful of managing expectations in this life and even trying to find a way to release them to really experience all the joy that this life has to offer. And we're all worthy of living a happy and joyful life. Yes. Bam. I love it. So true. I talk about flow all the time on the show. And for me, I've recognized that more often than not, something flows out of nowhere and it's not what I expected. And it's the most beautiful thing. So thank you so much for sharing that. And Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you everyone for listening. Danielle and I will talk to you soon. And there you have it, party people. I don't know why I felt called to say party people, but I did. But 
there you have it, my episode with Danielle. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like I have to have you on again soon because there are so many things in my notes that I wanted to talk about and and we just have so much more to talk about, but we covered so much amazing content and I think it's a really great way for anyone listening to start tapping into, you know, that little bit of ESP that we all innately have, starting to ask for guidance, starting to allow yourself to receive guidance, right? So just allowing the magic to unfold and stepping into a whole new realm, right? So as for what's going on with me, I will be doing a solo episode next week. I took some questions on Instagram and actually I was asking just for a topic about this a show and I got a ton of topic suggestions as well as questions. So next week, early next week or at the end of this week, I'm going to put a questionnaire up so that you can ask some questions and then I'm just going to do a Q&A. I've been liking those a lot lately and it seems that you guys have too. So I'll be doing that and then something else that I have been flowed to do which I'm very excited about is I will be relaunching my manifesting course. The reason being, we talked about signs in the show. I've just been having so many people message me and email me that I haven't heard from in so long saying, I manifested a house, I manifested a soulmate, I manifested health. Thank you so much. And I just feel really called to help other people manifest. So this is going to be different because instead of releasing it all at once, it will be released either monthly or bi-monthly. I'm still trying to feel into which one. So each module of the four will be released probably monthly and each month there will also be a live group coaching call. So you're getting this course, yes, but also you're getting a two-hour call every month. So that's the accountability and the extra room for growth. So this live course where you'll get videos of me teaching and then this this platform for us all to learn together and for me to answer your questions and for you not to only be coached, but for you to see others being coached. And you know, just as an aside, I know that I'm saying, you know, people are reaching out to me and saying, thank you for teaching me to manifest. And yes, I am the catalyst for that information, but it's just bringing us back to what we already know, right? You are, you inherently know how to manifest. You know that you're a creator, but knowing the science behind it, like I said, is going to be so helpful. And also just having someone to talk to, having my coaching. I've been doing this for a long time now, which is kind of crazy, but it's really fun and it will be fun. You know, you'll get to meet other women and... Yeah, so keep an eye on that. And I think that's I think that's it for me. I think that's it for me. If you enjoy the show, as always, please feel free if you feel called to leave a comment on a review on iTunes. It helps me out greatly. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram at Casey underscore Edward if you want to chat. And I have a new fabulous website, www.caseyedward.com if you want to check out anything else I'm doing or any of the blog posts I've written. So I'm sending you all love from Colorado. And thank you as always for tuning in.